and welcome to Anyway Pranay. Join your host, Pranay Patel, author of Burgundy Winters in Europe, as he dives deep into subjects close to his heart, from how he built his charity foundations to his strong love for food, engineering, farming, and the great outdoors. Now, let's get into today's episode. Namaskar, my dear brothers and sisters. Welcome to the third episode of Anyway Pranay. I am your host Pranay Patel and today I am going to talk to you about the top 5 most underrated travel destinations and why you should head there for your next vacation. You're listening to Anyway Pranay. Remember to hit that subscribe button. I am very excited for today's episode because I am going to share with you all some fantastic travel spots that are not as common but are all very magical in their own special ways. There's a little something for everyone, the beach lovers, the outdoor explorers, the history buffs, the foodies, and even the eco-conscious. Let's start off at the beaches and check out the lovely city of Lima in Peru. It is the capital and the largest city in Peru. It is located in the valleys of the Chilion, Rimac and Lurin rivers, in the desert zone of the central coastal part of the country overlooking the Pacific Ocean. Together with the seaport of Cajau, it forms a contiguous urban area town also known as the Lima Metropolitan Area with a population of approximately 10.7 million. Lima is one of the largest cities in the Americas. It is also home to one of the oldest institutions of higher learning, the National University of San Marcos founded on the 12th of May 1551 and is the first officially established and the oldest continuously functioning university in the Americas. Nowadays, the city is considered to be the political, cultural, financial and commercial center of the country. Internationally, it is one of the 30 most populated urban agglomerations in the world. Peru has over 2,500 kilometers of coastline decorated with plenty of impressive beaches to enjoy. Almost right on the equator, the waters of Peru's northern coast are warm, which makes them perfect for all kinds of activities. From Zoritos to Punta Sal in Tumbes, to the famous beach resorts of Mancora and Vichaito in Piura. Northern Peru is the ideal setting to enjoy an enormous variety of water sports from relaxed pursuits like diving to surfing, windsurfing and kite surfing which can be enjoyed on beaches with big waves and strong winds. Catching a wave by Eagle Rock and riding it all the way down to the pier before walking back to the beach is a fun experience even after the sun has set. There's lots of marine life and you can enjoy whale watching or even swim with the sea turtles. Known as a popular destination among families, Cerro Azul's charming fishing village also attracts visitors to hang out near the beach and enjoy fresh ceviche. The legendary Beach Boys mentioned this surfing hub in their first major hit, Surfing Safari, released in 1962. It's a picturesque town at the edge of the fertile valley formed 
by the Kanyete River and is graced with a long pier, an extensive stretch of fine sand and great hospitality. From the edge of the Andes, where the rich ecosystem of the Humboldt current washes against the coasts, to the dry tropical forest of the northern shoreline, Peru's beaches are truly as diverse as its people and cultures. All right. Next, let's explore Canada and head to Alberta to check out a picturesque resort town called Banff. It's located in Alberta's Rockies along the Trans-Canada Highway, approximately 126 kilometers west of Calgary and 58 kilometers east of Lake Louise. At 1400 to 1630 meters above sea level, Banff is the community with the second highest elevation in Alberta after Lake Louise. The town of Banff was the first municipality to incorporate itself within a Canadian national park. Known for its mountainous surroundings and hot springs, it is a fantastic destination for outdoor sports and features, extensive hiking, biking, scrambling and skiing destinations within the area. Banff was first settled in the 1880s after the Transcontinental Railway was built through the Bow Valley. In 1883, three Canadian Pacific Railway workers stumbled upon a series of natural hot springs on the side of Sulphur Mountain. In 1885, Canada established a federal reserve of 26 square kilometers around the cave and basin hot springs and began promoting the area as an international resort and spa as a way to support the new railway. Then in 1887, the reserve area was increased to 673 square kilometers and named Rocky Mountain Park. This was the beginning of Canada's national park system. The area was named Banff in 1884 by George Stephen, President of the Canadian Pacific Railway, recalling his birthplace near Banff in Scotland. The Canadian Pacific built a series of grand hotels along the rail line and advertised the Banff Springs Hotel as an international tourist resort. The Banff town site was developed near the railway station as a service centre for tourists visiting the park. In 1985, the United Nations declared Banff National Park as one of the Canadian Rocky Mountain Parks, a World Heritage Site. In 1991, Banff hosted the 1991 Winter Deaflympics, the first Deaflympics hosted in Canada and the only one held in Canada since then. The thing with Banff is that some people only think of visiting one or two places, such as Lake Louise. Although these obvious places are definitely worth visiting, there are so many other fun things to do in Banff that go way beyond the obvious spots. Just about every outdoor activity you can think of can be found in Banff, like skiing, canoeing, fishing, bird watching, mountain climbing, hiking, and cycling. That's just to name a few. Banff National Park may seem like an obvious place to visit since the town is located within the park. 
but it truly is one of the best things to do in Banff and is highly, highly recommended. Located just northeast of the town of Banff is Lake Minnewanka, a 17-mile or a 27-kilometer long glacial lake fed by the Cascade River. The lake got its name from the First Nations stony people who used to hunt and camp along its shores. They called it Minwaki or Lake of the Spirits because they believed that spirits reside in the lake. If that doesn't spook you enough to stay away, then you'll have a great time picnicking, hiking around and cruising down the lake. For those who love being in the water, you can hop on a cruise tour of the lake while you're here. Those that prefer to stay on dry land or prefer hiking can enjoy the various hiking trails to Stewart Canyon and the Cascade River. Oh, and scuba diving is another popular activity at Lake Minnewanka. The drive along Lake Minnewanka, a scenic drive, which is a large loop that goes right along the southwestern edge of the lake before circling back towards Banff, is totally worth the visit to this area. For those who are unafraid of heights, the gondolas at Sulphur Mountain offer some of the most beautiful views in the world. A short distance from the gondolas, visitors to Banff will find the upper hot springs. For over 100 years now, visitors have been enjoying the natural mineral water springs which are kept at a steady 37 to 40 degrees Celsius. The view is incredible at an elevation of 5,200 feet. While relaxing in the springs, you'll have an incredible view of Mount Rundle. You can also rest easy knowing that it's fairly cheap to get into around 10 to 15 Canadian dollars. From Lake Louise, travelers ready for the road trip of a lifetime can embark on the Icefields Parkway. The parkway stretches through Banff and Jasper National Parks, displaying some of the most beautiful natural scenery on the planet. Okay, now let's jet set off to Osaka in Japan. Osaka is the third most populated city in Japan, following Tokyo and Yokohama, which are both located in the greater Tokyo area and the Kanto region. With a population of 2.7 million in the 2020 census, it is also the largest component of the Kaihanshin metropolitan area, the second largest metropolitan area in Japan and the 10th largest urban area in the world with more than 19 million inhabitants. Osaka was traditionally considered Japan's economic hub. By the Kofun period, 300 to 538, it had developed into an important region and a primary port and in the 7th and 8th centuries it served briefly as the imperial capital. Osaka continued to flourish during the Edo period 
that was from 1603 to 1867 and became known as a center of Japanese culture. Following the Meiji Restoration, Osaka greatly expanded in size and underwent rapid industrialization. In 1889, Osaka was officially established as a municipality. The construction boom accelerated population growth throughout the following decades. By the 1900s, Osaka was the industrial hub in Meiji and Taisho periods. Osaka made noted contributions to the redevelopment, urban planning and zoning standards in the post-war period. Osaka is a major financial center of Japan and it is recognized as one of the most multicultural and cosmopolitan cities in Japan. The city is home to the Osaka Exchange as well as the headquarters of multinational electronics corporations such as Panasonic and Sharp. Osaka is an international center of research and development and is represented by several major universities, notably the Osaka University, Osaka Metropolitan University and Kansai University. Check out the famous landmarks in the city such as Osaka Castle, Osaka Aquarium Kayu Khan, Doitonbori, Tsutenkaku, in Shinzekai, Tenoiji Park, Abeno Harukas, Sumiyoshi Taisha Grand Shrine, and Shitenyo-ji, one of the oldest Buddhist temples in Japan. It is often overlooked by first-time visitors to Japan. Yet, it is a perennial favorite among repeat visitors and Japan connoisseurs, not to mention lovers of Japanese food. Osaka is less about sights and more about people and food. It's best known for its amazing casual food and outgoing locals and is arguably Japan's street food capital. Among food lovers, it is famous for snacks including takoyaki and okonomiyaki. Osaka is also renowned for its lively extroverted locals who make eating and drinking in Osaka an unforgettable experience. The delicious and unpretentious cuisine is what draws many culinary travelers to Osaka. The people of Osaka are famous for their obsession with eating and drinking, which has given rise to the infamous local expression, Kui Daore, which means to eat oneself to ruin. Osaka has an eclectic culinary universe with specialities ranging from casual favorites such as street-side takoyaki, which are fried bite-sized balls filled with octopus and other goodies, and okonomiyaki, to elegant establishments and Michelin-starred restaurants. One of the best ways to enjoy an immersive Osaka experience is by taking a private tour with a local culinary expert. It's best to go off the beaten path in the city and venture to small establishments where tourists don't typically go. While Osaka is home to some of Japan's top high-end restaurants, part of the fun is eating 
and drinking alongside locals at charming hole in the wall izakayas tachi nomi which are standing bars and hidden cocktail bars osaka is a year round destination but like most of japan the weather varies dramatically depending on the time of the year the summers are very hot and humid though can be also quite lively and fascinating especially if you time your visit with a local matsuri it's a festival generally speaking temperatures tend to be most comfortable and pleasant in the spring and fall as with elsewhere in japan winter can get quite cold though osaka is usually a little less cold than the nearby kyoto now onwards to dorset dorset is a county in southwest england on the english channel coast the ceremonial county comprises the unitary authority areas of christchurch and pool and dorset covering an area of 2653 square kilometers dorset borders devon to the west somerset to the northwest wiltshire to the northeast and hampshire to the east the county town is dorchester in the south dorset derives its name from the county town of dorchester the romans established the settlement in the 1st century and named it durnovaria which was a latinized version of a common brittonic word possibly meaning place with fist-sized pebbles the county has a long history of human settlement stretching back to the neolithic era the romans conquered dorset's indigenous celtic tribe and during the early middle ages the saxons settled the area and made dorset a shire in the 7th century the first recorded viking raid on the british isles occurred in dorset during the 8th century during the second world war dorset was heavily involved in the preparations for the invasion of normandy and the largest harbors of portland and pool were two of the main embarkation points the former was the sailing venue in the 2012 summer olympics and both have clubs or higher venues for sailing cornish pilot gig rowing sea kayaking and power boating dorset has a varied landscape featuring broad elevated chalk downs steep limestone ridges and low lying clay valleys over half the county is designated as an area of outstanding natural beauty three quarters of its coastline is part of the jurassic coast natural world heritage site due to its geological and paleontological significance it features notable landforms such as lulworth cove the isle of portland chaseal beach and durdle door 
Agriculture was traditionally the major industry of Dorset but is now in decline and tourism has become increasingly important to the economy. There are no motorways in Dorset but a network of A roads cross the county and two railway main lines connect to London. Dorset has ports at Poole, Weymouth and Portland and an international airport near Bournemouth. The county has a variety of museums, theatres and festivals and is host to the Great Dorset Steam Fair, one of the biggest events of its kind in Europe. It is the birthplace of Thomas Hardy, who used the county as the principal setting of his novels, and William Barnes, whose poetry celebrates the ancient Dorset dialect. Tourism has played a large role in increasing the economy, particularly in the geographic county's major urban centres, the coastal towns of Bournemouth, Poole and Weymouth. Bournemouth has been known as a holiday resort since 1879 and Weymouth and Portland annually attract large numbers of tourists as well. Dorset's coastal areas as well as those of the neighbouring East Devon district are designated a UNESCO World Heritage Site. These sites are designated as having outstanding universal value under the Convention Concerning the Protection of the World Cultural and Natural Heritage. This document was adop adopted by UNESCO in 1972 and formally took effect in the year 1975 after having been ratified by 20 countries. It provides a framework for international cooperation in preserving and protecting cultural treasures and natural areas throughout the world. There are many unique places to discover and explore here, like Durdle Door. Durdle Door was created by erosion over 140 million years ago. This geographical wonder is possibly one of Dorset's most iconic attractions, a massive rock archway over the sea. It's part of Dorset's famous Jurassic Coast, a world heritage site, famous for its geographic marvels like fossils and stunning landscapes. Now, if you're looking for the most unusual place to stay in Dorset, Clavel Tower may be the best place for you. Also known as Clavel Folly or Kimmeridge Tower, it's a Tuscan-style tower which was built in the year 1830 on top of a cliff overlooking Kimmeridge Bay. It's a grade 2 listed building with four stories and it can be booked as a whole property on a self-catering basis. It's very extravagant. Something not everyone can say is that they once saw a movie inside a castle. Dorset's Outdoor Cinema at Lulworth Castle, courtesy of the Luna Cinema, might be the coolest cinema experience imaginable. Classic movies projected onto a big screen on a 17th century stone castle. Sounds pretty cool.
in my opinion let me know if you agree have you ever wanted to hunt for ghosts the ruin of nolton church a few miles north of wimborne minster is one of the most atmospheric places in dorset not to mention reportedly one of the most haunted originally constructed in the 12th century within the earthworks of a bronze age neolithic fort the church is surrounded by a ditch which legend states is there to keep the spirits in rather than intruders out and may have been built with stones taken from a henge that once stood on the site the village of nolton thrived until the late 15th century when the black death wiped out the inhabitants maybe you're into a different type of spirit dorset now has its own gin distillery established in 2014 conquer spirit was the first dorset gin distillery and it has plenty of local notes the botanicals include local elderberries samphire and hand picked new forest ghost flowers infusing the gin with the spirit of dorset gin fans should also try to make it to dorset's upcoming gin festival later this year in october in bournemouth ever wanted to go fossil hunting lime regis is really the birthplace of british fossil hunting a local woman named mary anning collected and sold fossils from the local beaches and became famous after discovering the first complete ichthyosaur to be found in england large fossils and the remains of sea creatures like plesiosaurs are still found here today all right and the final stop on our tour can you guess where it is well next stop slovenia the republic of slovenia is a country in central europe that is bordered by italy to the west austria to the north hungary to the northeast croatia to the southeast and the adriatic sea to the southwest slovenia is mostly mountainous and forested covers over 20000 square kilometers and has a population of approximately 2 million slovenes constitute over 80% of the country's population slovene a south slavic language is the official language the capital and the largest city ljubljana is nearly the center of the country slovenia has historically been at the crossroads of slavic germanic and romance languages and cultures its territory has been a part of many different states the roman empire the byzantine empire the carolingian empire the holy roman empire the kingdom of hungary the republic of venice and the napoleon's first french empire 
and the Austrian Empire and the Austro-Hungarian Empire. It's been under dozens of empires. In October 1918, the Slovenes co-founded the state of Slovenes, Croats and Serbs. And later that year in December, they merged with the Kingdom of Serbia into the Kingdom of Yugoslavia. During World War II, Germany, Italy and Hungary occupied and annexed Slovenia with a tiny area transferred to Croatia, a Nazi puppet state at the time. In 1945, it became a founding member of Yugoslavia. Post-war, Yugoslavia was allied with the Eastern Bloc. But after the Tito-Stalin split of 1948, it never subscribed to the Warsaw Pact. And in 1961, it became one of the founders of the Non-Aligned Movement. In June 1991, Slovenia became the first republic to split off from Yugoslavia and become an independent sovereign state. Slovenia is a sustainable destination of unique experiences. Ljubljana, the capital city of Slovenia, is easily one of Europe's greenest capitals. The nation has banned auto traffic in the city centre, making it a wonderful area to explore on foot or by bicycle. Ljubljana features a myriad of attractions of its own, such as its Cathedral of St. Nicholas, the iconic Dragon Bridge, its historic castle and dungeon, the 19th century Triple Bridge and its bustling outdoor central market. If you are travelling with kids, check out the Ljubljana Zoo, which displays more than 500 animals. The city is an ideal place to spend time owing to its plethora of hotels, cafes, museums, theatres and restaurants. The Skojan Caves feature one of the world's largest underground canyons, the U a UNESCO World Heritage Site. The caves have been inhabited since prehistoric times and attract visitors from all over the globe. Travelers can take tours of the caves, which extend for more than 6 meters. Tours are available in various languages, such as English, Italian and German. With their enchanting underground waterfalls, pools and stone bridges, it's no wonder why more than 100,000 people visit them each year. Home to Slovenia's tallest peak, Mount Triglav, Triglav National Park is located in the Julian Alps and brims with valleys, rivers and terrain that's essentially perfect for skiing and hiking. The park is widely revered for its beautiful landscapes that include the alpine meadows, waterfalls, lakes and forested hills. Aside from skiing and hiking in its mountains, you can also enjoy activities like rafting, kayaking and skydiving. As the second largest city in Slovenia, Maribor is home to the oldest grape wines 
in the world wine lovers are drawn to the cities surrounding wine regions that are filled with charming vineyards and wineries the city also features a wealth of historic architecture and squares and brims with shops galleries and restaurants its cultural importance to the country makes it such a charming city to explore these are few underrated destinations that you could consider to visit the next time you want to go somewhere well that's all for this episode unfortunately we're running out of time there are also so many places on this beautiful earth to explore thank you my dear brothers and sisters for listening patiently see you next friday jai hind and namaskar thanks for listening to this episode of anyway pranay if you like what you heard then be sure to hit like and subscribe have a burning question for pranay or a topic you'd love him to discuss on the show feel free to get in touch you can reach pranay on all socials at pranay342 See you next time.